welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Off the Tracks Purdue Football Podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and with me tonight, as always, is Corey Sheets, Purdue's all-time touchdowns leader. How you doing, Corey? I'm already so. I am good, I am good, and also with me is Jace Jellison, who... Had a late night at Ross Aid Stadium. You gotta, you gotta stop with the late nights at football stadiums, Jace. These, these are getting ridiculous. I love it though. It's, it's, it's a grind, uh, but you know, it is. I'm a night owl anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me if I go to sleep at midnight or two or three. It doesn't make a difference to me. So, <laughs> well, the good news is, is if you're up late in Lafayette, Radio Shuttle will take you to the airport. Uh, I'm not sure how late they run, but they have several shuttles a day to Indianapolis and O'Hare International Airports. So remember Reindeer Shuttle, they are a great sponsor for us because driving to the airport sucks. And you know what else sucks? Fumbling the football inside the 20-yard line. How, how much of a drive killer and a momentum killer is that, Corey? Oh, man, it's, it's a big drive killer. It's a belief killer. It's a killer in anything you got going on that day because nine times out of ten, you don't get another chance to get back in the end zone or get close because they can't trust you holding onto the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really felt for Devin Mockaby last night. How many fumbles did he officially have? Three, Jays? Yeah, he had three. Yeah, three fumbles. Uh, I believe Purdue had seven as a team. They only lost three of them, but the other four aren't exactly uh, – giving you any momentum especially since one of the four that they did retain was on one of the greatest technicalities you can ask for (laughs) (laughs) but i felt like that first one where purdue was inside the 10 yard line and not only were they unable to get a yard on second one then third and one and then fumble it away on fourth and one then you have Syracuse go 95 yards down the other end of the field. I mean, that to me, that's when the game changed. Don't you agree, Jace? Yeah, I just – I think I thought that it really set the tone for what that game was going to be because coming into last night, Purdue had scored on their opening drives in the first two games and they hadn't turned the ball over once. That all changed on the first possession. And it was – we were talking about it before we hopped on here. It's just like – Purdue's had so many struggles in short yardage, whether it was third and one, fourth and one, goal line, whatever it may be, and they just found a, a new way uh, to fail in that area. Um, and as we saw, it's hard to really put uh, put your finger on it, just what went wrong when it comes to ball security, considering that they hadn't fumbled the whole year before. Um, mm-hmm. But it just became contagious, and it ended up, consuming the game really right and i'm looking at the drive charts here not only did the fumbles were they costly almost all of them occurred inside of syracuse's 30 yard line and then they would drive they drove down and got a touchdown it seemed Mm -hmm. and that's that's rough that's hard to recover from right there uh in that right Corey. yeah it's almost I forget what the chart is called, but there's a chart out there that shows the turnover ratio to percentage and win games. And once you get past three, it's like 1% of the football teams win the game. So <laughs> not a big margin of error when you start turning the ball over that much. 
Right. And, and Purdue still had a chance late. I mean, they had the ball down eight and just were unable to get anything going there. They had the turnover on downs and then uh, Syracuse went in and put it away with a late touchdown. But this was a winnable game. I think that's the most frustrating aspect of it is really you take away all those turnovers, all those self-inflicted wounds. I really think Purdue wins this. Don't you agree, Jace? Yeah, and Hudson Carr talked about it after the game. He said that he thinks this offense is this offense and this team is close. And I tend to agree they're close, but they're also so far away in certain areas. Um, <laughs> this is this is one of the weirder teams that I've seen um, over the last handful of years from Purdue because um, I feel like a broken record. We keep talking about it, but these failed these failed short yardages. And then I looked it up uh, just before we hopped on here. Purdue is tied for 105th in red zone scoring percentage, which is a killer. Because, I mean, you look at yesterday, Hudson Card had 323 yards passing, which was a career high for him. Um, They moved the ball down the field pretty well. Obviously, the run game um, didn't do so hot uh, with Mockaby back there. He just seemed kind of off. It it looked eerily similar to the the Fresno State game, maybe even worse. Uh, Tyron Tracy had a couple of good runs, though. Um, but, th- I mean, they move the ball well. It's just when they get in those short yardage scenarios, I don't know if it's Graham's play calling or Purdue doesn't have the, the front line that it needs or a combination of the both. Uh, but something's not working there. And uh, Ryan Walter said that they're going to reevaluate um, that kind of area of their offense. What are you seeing in those situations, Corey? Because it seems like – they're telegraphing everything almost with that run right up the middle. I don't know. Yeah, I was just about to say, it, it, to me, it's the play caller. It seems like once they get out of the first 10 to 15 plays that they got scripted for the game, the play calling goes to screen, screen, right up the middle, screen, screen. You might take a shot, but he might – it gets messed up because of lack of security behind the line. So then you go back to screen, screen. <laughs> it just it just seems so, so mundane. It's just like once once they they get out of that script, it's just there's no creativity or no calls on the run that they can right. successfully win by. Right, and that interior of the line is not getting any push. And so if you're telegraphing, hey, we're running up the middle without any push, of course you're going to get stuffed. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they know what to expect at that point. I mean, right. And then, and then when they're fumbling the ball, they're hoping you run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the other factor that we do have to give credit for is Garrett Schrader, man. He had oh my God. one heck of a game. I mean, he what was it, 180-plus yards, four touchdowns? One that, that's a guy almost single-handedly beating you, right, Jace? Yeah, it, it was insane. And I think – a big issue with it, uh, Walters didn't say this during the presser or anything, but just from my vantage point and knowing as much as I do about the off or defense, which isn't a whole lot, granted, for people out there listening, um, if if the edge guys aren't setting the edge and Purdue's playing man coverage, as soon as Garrett Schrader passes that line of scrimmage, he's gone. And that's, mm-hmm. how, that's why I think you saw so many big chunk plays out of him. And – He's also a huge quarterback that's athletic. He's really hard to bring down. You saw a few times where he looked like Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams back there running around and somehow got out and either flipped it up to a receiver or or got a big chunk play. 
Yeah, the the run defense got torched. Gave mm-hmm. up 11 yards uh, last week to Virginia Tech. 271 and five touchdowns last night. That is, you're not going to win a lot of games doing that, are you? I was about to say, our interior linebacker play is horrible. It, it just seems like we're dropping eight. You're only rushing four, and nobody's getting no push. The line's getting beaten. There's plenty of alleys for that quarterback to run through, and he picked apart the defense, wherever, whether he was running the ball or throwing the ball. He rushed for 200 yards plus, almost threw for another 200 yards. <laughs> he had a Heisman candidate. Yeah, he was getting him in big chunks. He was getting him in big, big chunks in key situations too. I mean, you're talking third and tens, third and fifteens. He's converting. Man, he just he did a little bit of everything. It was it was rough. Yeah, it was hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there were a couple positives, Jason. There's one guy I do want to uh, highlight, and that's Abdurrahmania. Seen how about his play last night? He was keeping Purdue in it. He had career high ten receptions, career high. 114 yards receiving and it's nice to see him develop as maybe a good possession receiver because he came up with a couple of big plays to keep Purdue alive yeah most definitely and the thing with him was all was never his ability it was always him staying healthy enough to be on the field and finally we're seeing that we're able to see him um kind of live up to his potential he's been probably Purdue's most consistent wide receiver um I thought I Literally just wrote about it last week, and he comes out and has this type of performance. It's it's cool to see for a guy that's been through so much when it comes to injuries and, and things of that nature, um, for for him to come out here and put on a show, um, on on a primetime game, and um, he's going to be one of Hudson Card's favorite receivers throughout the whole year. Right, and they were able to get Dion Burks involved. I thought Card spread the ball around pretty well too. Don't you agree? Yeah, that's been something that he's done really well. <laughs> I know that we're so used, as people who cover Purdue and watch Purdue, we're so used to Aiden O'Connell looking towards David Bell or, or Charlie Jones uh, nine times out of ten. So it is it is nice to see Hudson Card kind of spread it around and, and share the sugar a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of the guys that did step up there, Max Clare, again, as you said, good safety valve tight end, Deion Burks, Came back, got himself a touchdown. T.J. Sheffield, one of his better games to date, too. So I liked seeing that, and that's really what kept Purdue moving the ball down the field is it was nice possession receiver, you know, 10, 15 yards a catch, and that that was working out. But it's just like you guys said, you get in the red zone, you turn it over. <laughs> it, you can move it 80 yards, but if you can't move it that last 20, that's not going to get you anything. Exactly. <laughs> So what are you wanting to see, Corey? Uh, would you like to see them change up here? Because uh, it doesn't get any easier. You've got Wisconsin coming to town this week. And offensively, Purdue's got to do something a little bit different. And even if it's as simple as hold on to the damn football. I mean, b- besides the, the evident things, I would like to see Carr get a little bit more time back there opposed to being rushed. It seems like there's always somebody in his face and he's either getting hit or he's close to getting hit or having to hurry and make a bad throw. I would love to see him get some more time back there, especially when they're throwing the ball 46 times. <laughs> and that, that'll that help as uh, Gus Hartwig comes back. Didn't he play limited action yesterday, Jace? 
No, he was out. Yesterday. Hartwig's still out. Well, if we can get Hartwig back, that should help a lot. That'll move uh, Kaltenberger over to guard, and suddenly you got two of Purdue's better offensive linemen back in the lineup. How, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have, Jace? I mean, it would be huge to get Gus back. It just depends. I don't know how far along he is in that recovery process, though, because he had a really bad leg injury slash knee injury. Um, mm-hmm. So getting him back – he still might not be at a hundred percent when he gets on the field. I mean, we just, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, Mm -hmm. And you also have to take into account like what they're doing with Garrett Miller. I think he's played around like 20 snaps over the last couple games, uh, give or take a few. Um, They might try to work him into the lineup too, uh, make sure they're not rushing him back. So I don't think it'll be as simple as you're plugging him back in and, and produce offensive line troubles or, are all fixed and they're all gone. Um, I think it'll still take time, and it it's likely going to be something that Purdue deals with the entire year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I hope not. And <laughs> I hope not either. I also felt like yesterday was one of the uh, first times Purdue really had a trouble with with penalties, honestly. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, what was the – There's something about Syracuse that's not right. <laughs> you look at these, these last the most penalty yards in Purdue history have come against Syracuse in the last two years. Oh wow. There's something Goodness. they got some voodoo on Purdue or something. I don't know what's going on, but uh, from where I was sitting last night, because I was in I was sitting with my family and they were very, very flag happy in both ways, to be honest. When it came to roughing the passer, I think there were, what, five or six roughing the passer calls in the game, and a couple of them were pretty soft. I think one was, like, because either Scorton or Jenkins, like, barely raked the guy's face mask as (laughs) as he's releasing the ball and everything. And then there were definitely a couple of pass interference calls. It just, you know, I'm not saying that that's the reason that Purdue lost, but it certainly did not help matters when – that's another way that they're keeping drives alive. Okay. Yeah. Go on, bud. Oh, go for it, Corey. Just just unload. I know. Oh no, I was just thinking, honestly. I was I was thinking about just the the bad play on that field goal. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about just now. I wasn't even thinking about what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what which field goal was that? Was not uh not kicking the field goal there on fourth down early on or what? No, did we miss a field goal? No, Syracuse missed one. We missed an extra point. Okay, well, same thing. It kicked they missed the missed the extra point. It's a fail goal to me too. <laughs> but <laughs> but even that was a bit that was a big one too because you're looking to cut the lead to seven there, and there's still plenty of time left. Uh-huh. And you know that now you've got to go for two if you get the ball back, and that's far from guaranteed, especially if you're struggling to run the ball. So that is another major major thing. Uh, that plays in there. I see. I see you nodding your head there, Jace. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I will. I did want to say this because I will give Cram credit. He did try to get a little more creative on those short yardage um, plays. I remember, like the first one on the first drive of the game, he had Mockaby in the backfield, Downing lined up as a fullback, and then Tracy in motion going left to right, and they tried to roll out and hit him, and then, and then there was just nothing doing. But I thought that was a good play design. It just ended up not working out. Um, another one, the one on Deion Burke's touchdown, they spread it out. I think they went five wide, or five wide, excuse me, 
Um, we got Dion a touchdown, and then they tried to do it again on fourth down. Um, and it was just an incomplete pass. So, um, I mean, he's trying to change it up over there. And I think that those some of those things could work. They just didn't yesterday. Right. And it seems like he's very hesitant to go under center, too. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I can only think of, like, two times in the last three games where he's had card go under center, which also contributes to the short yardage situations, honestly. Right. Uh, but another positive, of course, Dylan Thieneman defensively. I mean, 14 tackles. That's all he does is tackle. He's off the pace now to get an interception in every game in his career. So mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to tolerate that. But 14 tackles, 10 of them solo. And uh, Sadducee Kane, don't you think he had a good t- game too? Yeah, he had a bounce back game. It's, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say that anyone on the Purdue defense had a really good game. Uh, just because. Mm-hmm. They performed as a unit, but um, I thought Sanusi did play a little better. The, the thing that when I was looking at the pro football focus grades this morning, the thing that popped out to me, 25 missed tackles <laughs> last mm-hmm. night. They had 18 combined in the first two games. <laughs> it was just a, a missed tackle clinic out there for them. And I think a lot of that was uh, they don't have like the specific ones on which which tackles the guys missed by it. I'm willing to bet a lot of them came when Garrett Schrader was on the ball. <laughs> he had the ball being hairy. Well, he had the ball hairy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that's what made it so difficult is he was so elusive that they're taking poor angles and mm-hmm. they're just not able to get to him. I mean, I I was impressed with him honestly. I've got nothing negative to say about the guy. He just he took what was there and made Purdue pay time and time and time again. How do you adjust for that, Corey? I mean, you can't. It's once you see that the quarterback's out there doing whatever he wants, it's hard to stop that. I mean, because he's throwing the ball, our corners can't cover, and then when he's running the ball, shoot, he's he's getting past the defensive line like they're not even there. So he's on a second, second and third levels every single time he's running the ball. So and then they don't even want to tackle. So it's like, hey. <laughs> We, we, we don't want to stop you today. We're just going to let you do what you want. Hopefully, you run out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, and there were a couple times where he just uh, – he's also, like you said, a big quarterback, just run guys over mm-hmm. to. You know, you get the extra five yards, you carry the guy into the end zone when you hit him. I, I'm glad we don't have to play this guy anymore. <laughs> I looked. I had to look him up to make sure – to see if he was on the Heisman watch list because the way he was doing us – it was ridiculous. <laughs> I do think that one advantage Purdue has is they will not face. That's probably the most mobile quarterback that they will face this season. But it is definitely concerning that he was able to break down Purdue's defense pretty easily after about the first drive or two. And Wisconsin, what next week? <laughs> yes, Wisconsin's next. All week. they do is run the ball, and they got some studs over there. Hear me. <laughs> Well, they're actually trying to switch the under uh, under new coach Luke Fickle. They are trying to switch to more of a uh, air raid type of passing the offense and whatnot. But Not from what I they still have <laughs> hasn't worked hasn't worked too well. <laughs> hasn't worked too well but uh, you know it's, it's Wisconsin. They still have guys that are left over. They still have four five gigantic gentlemen paving the way for a good running back and lather rinse repeat. Man. <laughs> I will say it's a ways away, um, and I don't think Nebraska is going to be all that. They're not going to make much noise in the Big Ten West, but 
their new quarterback, Heinrich Harburg. I hope I said that right. Uh, he had like a hundred yards rushing. So he's another guy that's probably um, would be the most athletic guy on, on Purdue's schedule the rest of the way. But other than that, I mean, you got guys like Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy, uh, Kyle McCord. None of those guys are like super athletic or are going to take off on them. So, um, thankfully for Purdue, they're not going to have to deal with that uh, very much this year. Well, one advantage I think that you've got, you're one and two at this point in the season. You still have the rest of the Big Ten West plus Indiana on the schedule. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can totally write off a bowl game at this point, right, guys? No, they're still still hoping. Again, this is week three of year one. I mean, you can't expect everybody to be undefeated, right? Well, if you listen to – if you follow – some of the message boards posts and some of the Twitter tweets and everything. Uh, Ryan Walters is just as bad, if not worse than Daryl Hazel. So. Oh man. Hey, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there just yet. <laughs> I wouldn't either. First of all, he's beaten an FBS team in year right. one. He's already passed Hazel's first year. I mean, and, and in every game we're playing, we're, we either we're in the game or it's just us right real close as one or two plays and it'd be a different call. Right. I mean, you t- you look at this game, you cut out the turnovers, Purdue is either right there at the end or they probably win the game. You look at Fresno State, like you said, one or two plays, they win that game. So I don't think there's any reason whatsoever to panic right now. Right, Jace? No. And I mean, I think that everybody who is tapped into Purdue knew that this wasn't going to be another Big Ten West championship team, right? Um, I thought they had a chance, but that was mostly an indictment of the Big Ten West. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Big Ten West hasn't – it's pretty much wide open. There's there's a, a bunch of teams that could get in there and make it to the final Big Ten championship game under this, under this format. But I think a lot of people are frustrated because, like, even at the beginning of last year, you look at the Penn State game and the Syracuse game, um, they're kind of reminiscent of the Fresno State game and Syracuse games of this year. Um, Purdue's close, close to being in those games or winning those games, and they just let it slip away. And I think that's what a lot of people complained about under the Brom era, and you're kind of seeing it early on. But um, obviously, Jeff Brom had a couple of really bad years um, in the middle of at the tail end, and back to back eight, eight plus one. So um, it's still early and. And Ryan Walters, I was told that he was really, he was he was a calming influence in the locker room yesterday after the game, um, and he he handled it well in front of the players. So I I have no reservations about what he what he can potentially do at Purdue. Absolutely, because I'm still seeing some positives even in these losses, aren't you, Corey? Yeah, like the offense is putting up huge numbers. We're still in the games. It's not like we're getting blown out by these teams. Now, if we right. we're getting blown out, then I'd be like, all right, something there's a problem going on. Who, what kids did you bring in, or what plays are you calling? Defenses are you running? Because it's got to be something with the coaching. But it just comes down to a few few mistakes here and there, or a few calls here and there. That's that's every week. You can't you you can all you can ask for is your team to be in the game. And have a chance to win, and we've had chances to win, and we've been in the games. So I don't. I'm not. He's getting. He's getting a, a B in my book for for the season so yeah. far. 
and even last night, I mean, after they were down 15, they still went down and they nearly had another, t- they had a touchdown wiped off the board, I believe. Uh, wasn't it to Burks, a penalty wiped it away? Was it holding yeah. or something like that? Yeah, and that was with three minutes left in the game. I mean, if that holds up, you're down 35-27, say they kick the extra point there. Yeah, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. Like you said, you're still in the game at that point, and that's that's all you really need to ask for, especially in your world. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else that you noticed, Corey, that you want to say before we start wrapping everything up here? Um, I was hoping to see a wide receiver emerge, but as I was watching – Wait, we have a wide receiver by committee. There's not one guy that's going to be the all-star. We're going to put up big numbers receiving as a core group. And that was something we talked yeah. about earlier, seeing everybody, seeing uh, Carr spread the brawl around. But it's because we have a, a good, solid group of guys, and they get open. Now, they're not going to blow your socks off with 200 yards a week, but you can expect one guy to have 100 Another guy to have 75, 60, 75. That's, that's our group. Yeah, I, I agree. And you look at it, the stats right now are about even. Uh, Burks has 221 on the season on nine catches, three of them for touchdowns. He's been the big play guy. Yassine, 218. Claire, 151. Sheffield, 131. You got four guys over 100 yards. Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty solid. If you can spread the ball around, that, that will help and pay dividends in the long run. Right. Uh, what else did you see, Jace, before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah, an area of concern, I guess. Kaijin Jenkins went down. Um, seemingly at the end of the first half, we didn't really get any news on what really happened or anything like that. i uh, going to talk to Walters tomorrow, so we'll ask about that. But um, he didn't play the entire second half. That would be a big loss if he was to miss significant time. Um, but like I said, I'd we don't have an update on, on what his status could be. Mm. All right. All right. Now, any first look at uh, Wisconsin here, Corey, before we go, aside from, you know, running back behind large gentlemen? I mean, they're screwed that sticks to what they know. <laughs> Can't wait to dive into it. If it works, why stop? Well, exactly. I mean, they ain't winning no national championships, but they, they're winning games, so. I know you would have liked to have run behind that offensive line. Though. Maybe one game. I, I actually liked my offensive line when, we, when I was at school. I just wish we used them more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, any any first thoughts here for uh, Wisconsin before we go, Jace? Ryan Walters is going to have to break that voodoo curse Wisconsin's got on Purdue. Yeah. It's been a long, I'll, I'll- long time. 20 years, 16 consecutive games. So, uh, I'll tell you what. Home or away? If, huh? Home or away? It's at home on Friday night, Friday night this week. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Are <laughs> <Pretty> different? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few Friday night games. Last year's Penn State game was a Friday nighter, and uh, they had oh, Jeff Brom's first home game was a Friday night against Ohio. We had a Thursday night to open the season against Northwestern, so mm. you you play when the TV tells you to play, unfortunately, at times. Yeah, nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, that'll wrap things up here tonight. Uh, still disappointed at two, one and two coming out of the non-conference, but like we said earlier, there is no reason to panic. There are still some positive things to see with this. 
So Big Ten season season starts this week, and we will be back later in the week to talk about Purdue against Wisconsin on Friday night. So for Corey and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. We thank you for listening. We thank our sponsors, Ranger Shuttle, Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com, use code Boiler Upload, and buy lots of stuff. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, we thank you for listening and Boiler Up. <laughs>